Good afternoon. Good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and an Active podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Despite technical difficulties, we are live, we are in person, we are at the mecca of Omaha Metro Basketball. We are at Wine 121 at 120th and Center Street. Andy King had a little trouble finding the place, but we got him in. He was he gets the the Magellan Award for he just kept going. He ended up back in the same place. So uh, really excited to get going here tonight. Uh, of course, want to thank Tom Crable for hosting us once again for Roundtable. Some number, I don't know. I'll when, when, when I drop it, I'll put a number. Or but we've done a lot of roundtables, uh, and so excited to have Tom Crable here from Boys Town High School boys basketball coach, Andy King, Elkhorn North boys basketball coach, and the man, the myth, the legend himself, the only coach in the Metro with an item on the Wine 121 roster named after him. They call it the Twisted G. We just call him G, but most folks call him Andy Gerlas. Gentlemen, thanks so much for coming on here tonight. Yay, thank you, Jay. Yeah. Um, little technical difficulties. We got a little background noise, but that makes for a little... Uh, Gives us a little flavor here. It gets things a little going. So you'll never you'll never know when G's yelling for another drink. So That's right. yeah. <laughs> another ice water. He'll just he'll just give a wave. <laughs> you know, as smooth as G can be. So yep. uh, really excited here. It's it's early September. Uh, leaves are starting to turn a little bit. It's you know football has has started for better or worse for some teams. We won't mention which ones, but uh, it's uh, it's time to kind of really start thinking about some basketball stuff and. And one of the things that we'll be doing, all of us here, is we'll be doing the, or we'll be going to the Metro Basketball Coaches Association clinics here in a few weeks. And uh, Tom and Andy play Andy Gerlas G. Uh, we're we're going to go Andy King. Yeah. We're going to go King and G, or just King G if necessary. That'd be confusing. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, we we've got a, a great lineup. I, I know of one speaker. Uh, do we have everybody lined up, Tom? We are close. We are. We close. are waiting for a couple confirmations here in the next twenty-four hours. Okay. Um, but I can probably give you the ones that have committed. Okay. Um, and what we're looking at. Um, let me back up. The the, the uh, history of the organization started in '67. It's all the Metro coaches trivia. Bobby Knight was the first speaker of the of this kind of this thing. So this has been going strong. These clinics have been going strong since 1971. Uh, Knight with Bobby Knight was at Army, I believe, when he came here and spoke, or just had maybe gotten the Indiana job. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the 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 reason for it is a, a coaches' education, coaches' networking, um, little camaraderie. Um, uh, used to give out scholarships until uh, Division One NCA saw fit to change some of their. Their rules and regulations regarding that, which they do from time to time. Oh yeah, they're yeah. they're wonderful people there. Um, and then uh, you know we put an all star game on in the in this in this in the spring. So that's kind of the the number one thing though is coaches education and, and trying to get, grow the game um, and, and grow how uh, just some camaraderie amongst the coaches within the metro area, um, assistants all the way up to head coaches. So that's kind of our goal. Um, so we have four dates. September 21st, September 28th, October 5th, October 12th. Um, we go to, uh, we're going back to DJ's dugout. So it's a lecture kind of uh, scenario and beer and wings, uh, which the organization pays for. Um, so we are right now waiting for, uh, waiting for commi- uh, confirmation back from the head women's coach at Illinois State Edwardsville. 
um, and also the men's coach at Hastings. Okay. Uh, the 28th will be Coach Murfeld from Creighton University, men's staff. Okay. Uh, coach Ritzdorf, John Ritzdorf, the head coach at Central Community College. Um, the, in Columbus. In Columbus. Yep. October 5th will be uh, Tyler Irwin, new head coach at Mid- Midland, uh, Midland College, Midland University. It is Midland a university. Yeah. Midland University. Yeah. Um, and then Chris Crutchfield, the new uh, new head oh. coach at Omaha, yep. men's. And then the 12th, we tentatively have uh, Tom Gailey, the NU oh. women's assistant. Been, he's, a, he's a great speaker. We've had him before. Very, very uh, knowledgeable. And, and then we're excited to have... Don Schulwalter, USA Basketball, to uh, round out the, 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 the fall and heading into all of our seasons. Very good. Very good. Good lineup. Um, you know, a lot of college coaches. Um, what what are you kind of looking for when you bring folks in? You know, Andy, uh, G, excuse me, I know you're part of that process as well. I mean, when you guys are talking about bringing coaches in and, you know, what are you looking for? What, what kind of qualities are you looking for? Um, from my standpoint, so I've been doing this a long time. I mean, I was on the, I was on uh, Coach Mike Dimps. I think I was part of this board in '97 or '98. You were there when Bobby Knight spoke. It's no, I, no, not yeah. that old. But um, so I've seen a lot. I mean, we, we, the head, the, the head coaches that come in and tell jokes and stories and all that. That's pretty fun. But they don't. They, we're looking for people that give us something and and uh, looking for a little X and O, looking for philosophy. I think this day and age. Uh, how you deal with players, how you get your players to deal with adversity, outside distractions, um, what kind of player development and skills do you do, and the timing of all that. Um, the mental health of your players has become a big topic over the last probably five years. So we, we, just, we run the whole gamut. It's an unbelievable, for my money, it's the best $75 you're going to spend as a coach because you get, so, you get multiple uh, dates, you get multiple coaches, multiple topics. Um, and you get beer and wings, so nah, four nah. Di- four different times. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, G, anything to add to that? I just think that uh, the MBCA also provides an opportunity for, like Coach said, the camaraderie. And a lot of times, like you can hang out with each other after the speakers, and there's a lot of you know opportunities there to connect with other coaches and kind of bounce ideas off of each other and see what. Uh, other coaches might be uh, struggling with and maybe they can help we can all just kind of help each other out and be there for each other I think that's a huge part of, of that um, you know and just the the clinic itself I mean you know you just looking to hopefully add value to the coaches so they can take something back and, and help their programs and help their young people mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the table talk is some of the best stuff that you get you know and you know one week you're, you're sitting with the three of us but then the next week you're you're sitting with you know kelly flynn jerome skirdla and you know whoever else that that is stuck sitting next to me you know but but you know just bouncing ideas and you, you the speaker talks and you start talking to the guy next to you in the 10 or 15 minutes in between speakers and you start coming up with stuff and bouncing ideas off i got to know there. i really got to know andy through this process, I knew Andy as a player, um, but I really didn't know him until he joined Josh's staff. And then in those falls, we'd come. To, Josh's staff was great about it, prep coming, and and then you'd spend some time having a drink, talking basketball, joking around, giving each other grief, and, and that's where I really got to know Andy pretty well. Yeah. You and almost coach, didn't say grief there, by the way. I know. I think. I, yeah, I, you came close. I'm catching. And coach head. means Andy King because coach. he didn't know Andy Gerlez as a player. <laughs> <laughs> 
because those two 80s had vastly different careers. Yeah, they were in different spots on the scouting report. That's right. That's right. Oh, it's going to be a fun night here at Wine 121. All right. Uh, well, it, it's, it's a great thing. Uh, uh, you know, I, I put stuff on, on the pod. Uh, just... How can if, if folks are interested, especially if they're in the Omaha Council Bluffs Lincoln area, uh, how do they get signed up? It's really easy. Just show up. I mean, that's you can just show up at the yeah. door. Um, any one of those dates, the twenty first, twenty eighth, fifth, and twelfth, um, six o'clock, six thirty. Speakers get rolling at seven, uh-huh. um, uh, and that's it's seventy five dollars, and you get all four sessions. Uh-huh. So it's really that simple to okay. just come. We make it so simple. Yeah. So simple, it's easy. It is. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's good stuff. Again, if you're if you're in the Omaha Council Bluffs Lincoln area, it's definitely worth your time. I mean, even if you even if you only show up for two of the four nights, you're you know that's you know fifteen bucks an hour. You know, which is which is a really good rate. You go to a, a bigger clinic, a Nike <laughs> clinic, whatever that may be. Nothing against those clinics, uh, championship productions, but you, you're you're gonna get a you're gonna get a really good bang for your buck there. So. Uh, Let's jump into let's jump into some other topics here. We got four or five things, and heck, we'll we'll just go wherever we go, gentlemen. That's kind of one of the rules of a pen and a napkin is we kind of have an outline, but oftentimes we end up going in different directions here. So uh, obviously, it's 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 early September. We're starting to think about our preseason, and uh, you know we're all in different we're all in different situations. We're all in different situations. Uh, I'm at a small school. Tom's at a, a unique situation compared to everybody. Uh, Andy's at a mid-sized school. G's at a, at a big school. Uh, you know, so let's just start with with that. Your preseason preparation. Where are you at? What do you think about? What do you want to accomplish with your team before November 14th or whatever the date is that we start practicing? Andy King, you haven't been on yet because the two microphone guys have kind of taken it so far here. So. Uh, Andy King, we'll let you lead with that. What are you guys looking to do there at Elkhorn North? Uh, really for us, we just started this week with our preseason workouts. Uh, we went pretty hard in the summer and went really till school started uh, right before that, kind of that first week when teachers went back. So I gave them up until um, obviously Labor Day got over um, to kind of rest and do those types of things. Um, but we started this week, uh, we hit the weight room three days a week after school, we do our skill work in our small groups two days in the morning before school. Um, really with what we have, we're kind of, I mean we've been kind of a unique situation, you know, opening up a new school and you would think in year three you would be getting older uh, and we're actually going to be super young this year. Um, just based off we lost obviously some seniors finally. Um, some transfers and some kids who are just deciding to maybe play some baseball instead. So uh, we're kind of back to some, you know, some good freshmen, sophomores, and some good juniors, and then a, a couple of seniors that have been around. Um, so our workouts feel different in the sense that two years ago we were young, uh, but the kids, I mean, we didn't really know each other. Um, they were learning me, I was learning them. Now these kids have been around for, you know, two, three, four years. So. The goal of ours is to just sort of start building some some youth, build the depth, get our skill work up to where it needs to be. Um, and we're really hitting the weight room hard. We're using Grant Everly again. Uh, we used him the last couple years. Uh, he's done some good things with the older guys. Uh, and now we need the younger guys to buy in as well and hopefully physically mature a little bit. Yeah. TK, how about you? We spend, you know, we got so many multi-sport 
kids. Matter of fact, I have only three non-football players in the whole program. Those three are doing individual development, skill work with one of our assistants. Um, we spend most of the time in player-coach relationship building. Um, this is no secret. We co- I coach them hard. And to be able to do that, you've got you've to have a relationship with them. So I spend a lot of time talking about goals, talking about we're in this together, talking about you know the things like that and we and, and in our situation you know I found that just repeating it repeating it repeating it repeating it is just the only way to get any kind of, of, of uh, tangible change in these kids because um, it's not going to be overnight they're not they're, they're just not a, they're just not coming from a place where oh hey you're the coach okay I'll just do what you say um, that's not what they're going to do so they've got to hear it over and over and over and over um, that we're in this together. Um, I just told a group of kids that were working out, I said, you know, if we lose and I coach a good game, I don't get the win. I mean, I get the loss just like you get the loss, regardless how I coach. And we need to buy into that, that we're in this together, we're at the same goals. And so we spent a lot of the off season this time of year, yeah, we dribble it, yeah, we pass it, yeah, we shoot it, we do the footwork, but we're really trying to build that player-coach relationship. Um, we don't do any open gyms. We don't do any playing because all those, I, God forbid, somebody steps on an ankle and then I got a football coach in my office and that's never an enjoyable thing. <laughs> How about you, G? Well, we uh, have probably 80-90% of our program that participates in a fall sport. Mm-hmm. So, um, Which is we good, have four girl, Yeah, it's a good problem good. to have because, I mean, uh, a lot of our girls are competitors and so... Um, you know, but for the preseason stuff, we like this morning we had four girls in, and we you know tried to do the daily vitamin stuff, the you know the ball handling, the passing, and try to put them in positions where they can make decisions um, with the basketball and make some reads and the two on two or whatever we're doing. Um, but the the biggest thing, like what I'm saying with the competitive stuff, is that a lot of our girls come to us, um, and we have tough starts to the season a lot of times but then towards the end of the season we usually are doing okay because these guys have been coming in and, and doing their work but uh, but for the preseason it's really hit and miss with the number so I usually have two or three different plans on my phone one of ten kids show up one of four kids show up and you know got an assistant coach that'll be there and we'll do station work and different things like that just depending on who's who's going to be available and Who's, you know, like if those kids show up, we don't do anything with contact and, and you know, that type of thing. Just kind of like what Tom was talking about. And so um, it's just we, we don't do anything out of the ordinary with that just because so many of our kids are already in a weights class or they're, um, you know, doing whatever. So yeah. we're fortunate that they're out competing. Yeah. We, uh, you know, I'm at the smallest school of, of any of us here. And one of the things that we've really tried to set the tone with uh, is just, and I, I get it, it's the buzzword, culture, you know. Uh, but one of the things that we've, we've done off the floor is the last two years, and we're going to do it again this year, is we've had them read a John Gordon book as a team exercise. And those are really, really convenient because they're only 150, 160 pages long and they're easy to read you know even 160 pages it's really probably only 100 altogether and so we um we have a worksheet and they have answers and what i tell them is you know you can 
you can you can do this kind of half haphazardly, you know, just don't put a whole lot of effort into it. And maybe you're copying answers from somebody else or whatever it may be. Uh, but if you do that, then that's kind of an indication to me of where your commitment asks for the for the year. And, and that's not a good thing for us. You know, that's gonna translate coming into the season. So what we what we try to do with that is we uh, we we have the questions. We divide it into four four different things, and so they only have to read about thirty to forty pages per assignment. And and then we have discussions and we go through things and how it affects us. And it's it's for two years. It's gotten us off to a what I feel like is a really good start. That we have uh, as much as you can with teenagers. Everybody's on the same page going into the season. And so. Two years ago, we did the Energy Bus. Last year, we did the Carpenter, and this year, we're going to do another John Gordon book. And you know, we'll go one more year, and then we'll probably recycle back to the Energy Bus after that, so that we're hitting these these four big things there. So, uh, what are some things that you guys do, Andy? You know, we we kind of talk, we have a lot of kids. How many of your kids? What percentage of your kids are not out for a fall sport that you're working? Um, with we have a group of that's lifting with us about 20 or 21 kids. Okay. Um, I would say half of those are freshmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably of my varsity quote unquote guys that I kind of project, there's probably three or four playing football. So I have a good chunk of some guys that contributed last year at a JV or varsity level that are, are involved. Right if you are a coach in the Omaha Council Bluffs Lincoln area, be sure to sign up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinic Series to be held at DJ's Dugout at 114th and Dodge here in Omaha, Nebraska. The Omaha Metro Basketball Coaches Association has four clinic dates lined up, September 21st, September 28th, October 5th, and October 12th, and we'll have some of the best coaches not only from our region but nationwide. If you're interested in signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaching Clinic Series, send your registration and fee to MBCA, care of Tom Crable at Boystown High School, 122 Heroes Boulevard, Boystown, Nebraska, 68010. Registration fee is only $75 per coach on your coaching staff, and you won't regret signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinics. So we, we get through that window, and for us here in Nebraska, it's probably what about if your team doesn't make a deep run in football or, in our case, volleyball or whatever, uh, softball. Well, even volleyball. Volleyball is the longest. Volleyball is the longest. But you got about a two- or three-week window where mm-hmm. you're probably going to have most of your kids there. So what? let's kind of narrow that down even a little bit further. In that two- or three-week window, what are you doing in those scenarios once you... Once they're kind of getting into basketball mode, what's kind of your emphasis? Do you want you? Know. Well, for for us, um, it's just every year I try to take more and more off of their plate, and I try to simplify even more. Um, one example of that would be um, we just went two years ago on defense to forcing everything left. So there's no questions about closeouts. There's no questions about anything like that. And so just trying to make... Um, like like Joe Madden said years ago, do simple better. And so just try to, just really, my focus is to pick two or three things 
and just say we're going to be really good at these things to get us through the first you know chunk of the season and then try to add as we go just because we do have so many kids that, that will not touch a basketball until the middle of November and so I just think anything I can do uh, to try to make their lives a little bit easier because um, you know too many thoughts lead, lead to slow feet and so just trying to um, really minimize the number of decisions that they, you know so they can free their minds and, and make plays and do what they need to do. In, in Vogue, record a song, free your mind, and the rest will follow. Great song. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, you actually know that song? Absolutely. Okay. You you're, got that pump in like Fort the, Calhoun? What's that? You got that pumping in Fort Calhoun? You know, we had a, we, we have a thing for our fundraiser, and whichever girl sells the most raffle tickets, controls the music for All practice. Right. Very well. And we, we had a gal that, that, that won last year, but we had a freshman win this year. So I'm very interested to see what her playlist is going to be. Do you have be. any idea the amount of inappropriate songs I would have if I did that at our program? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's I, a, it would be, I would I would have to find another job. Go clean version. So yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they don't do that. So A lot of, a lot of but, beeps so and we, blanks and no, stuff like that. So No, but... Uh, no, we've we, uh, been a steady diet of some, some Disney stuff. We, yeah. We've had a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of that, a lot of uh, uh, Troy Bolton, Zac Efron, yeah. uh, high school basketball type of stuff. Yeah, so... Yeah, they're in uh, different world, man. Oh, yeah. Different world. I know. TK, how about you, man? We are 100% in that time frame player evaluation. We know who our top 10 are. We're looking for 11 through 22. And with our transient, you know, kids coming and going all the time, we're not always on top of, we're on top of who the best players are. But that, that JV reserve, who's on campus, who's a good athlete, we're evaluating all of that through open gyms. Um, so we're just playing all the time. We're, we got probably four times a week if if football's done. Now we've had pretty good football lately, so that kind of has been pared down. Um, but we're not. I mean, I'll even let the guys go out of skill development and workouts at that point in time. Just let them play. Let them get their minds ready to roll for the season because uh, we hit it pretty hard first day. We don't we don't make our top ten guys try out. It's not a public school. We know who we are and we're going. So the rest of the guys are trying out the separate workout. Oh, you. Uh, yeah, for the guys that essentially play football, it's kind of weird. Um, I have the obviously our first two years they've been done pretty early, just being so young. Uh, this year they're two and zero, so I think they have a chance to make a little run at it. So um, we probably won't get them quite as long as we had the last two years. But uh, for us, obviously they did things all of June and then July skill work. They haven't really touched the ball since then, so. Those are the guys will stick on the doctor dish and just get shots after shot. Um, I'm not really worried about them up and down playing five on five or X's and O's or anything like that. Just we need to get some of their skill level back. It's kind of our big thing. We try to compensate for our stuff uh, again. You know, small school. We don't have a lot of kids to pick from, and so what we have done the last we did it last year. It worked out really well. Is in my school seven through twelve. We got seven through twelve. So I'll bring in my seventh and eighth graders to do this. Is we do a deal we call it the Breakfast Club, and two two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, from seven thirty to seven fifty, they've got twenty minutes to make twenty free throws, 
and 20 jump shots. We kind of designate, okay, you're a 15-foot shooter, you're a three-point shooter. And basically, there's two. But you have, and we have kind of a scoring system, and we, and we divide our kids up into teams. So we play into the movie. We play into the breakfast club. So we have, you know, the, the team Claire Standish and the team John Bender and the team, uh, you know, team... You can't see it, folks, but Tom Crable's really letting some of us down right now. So, yeah. anyway, uh, but and we, we have a point system, and then we have an individual winner, and then we have a team dinner, and the, the team winners they get a reward at practice, and uh, the individual winner gets a little something else on top of that, and uh, it's just a way to uh, you know get our kids in the gym. It's what we tell our fall coaches is is uh, they're not cutting, they're not moving, we're not playing, they're just literally standing and shooting. So, you know, if you're the cross-country coach, we're not taking away, they're working harder in PE class than they are at the breakfast club. And, but it's a way to get shots up. And so we'll start that late September, early October, just two mornings a week, 20 minutes at a shot, come in, get some shots up, get the heck out of here, focus on your fall sport, but here's a basketball, and let's let's get something up here. And so that's that's something that's worked well for us and our kids. Really like it. We act, you know, for the team winners, uh, we buy them some retro uh, Shermer High Class of '85 T-shirts that they get to wear around, and and it's kind of become a thing for our, for our kids. So they, they they really like that. So Marty just making fun of me. I did. I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna literally come out and say it, Tom. I, I kind of three three under the energy bus a little bit. Too, so. Try to be a good host. Yeah. Try, to be, yeah. try to be a good host. Uh, See what happens. Um, how about your staff? How how are how are you preparing your your staff, Tom? You're meeting with your staff here after we're done, basically. Yeah, we um, we meet pretty often. About every seven to ten days, we'll mainly be evaluating kids and workouts. Talk about roles, what people have an interest in, um, what the guys are around this summer. We have some new people on our staff that weren't around, but the guys are around this summer talking about schematically what we think we can do good, what we can do poorly and stay away from. Um, and then I do have, for the first time in a while, a pretty young staff. And so just trying to maybe grow, grow them in terms of our system and history and how we want to play basketball and listen listen to their new ideas and um, I will say this as a kind of an older coach now having young assistants has really energized me and made me think as to why we do things after 22 years or you know some stuff needs to stay the same some stuff needs to change and so that's kind of what we're spending here the next couple of weeks doing as, as uh, coaches mm-hmm. how about you G what are you, what are you doing with your staff how are you getting them ready for the season well our staff is a little unique I mean because first of all we're, we're still looking for a varsity assistant so um, secondly, um, and, and if, they, if somebody wants to apply, where would they send that information to, Coach Gerlitz? Well, it, they can find they can find me at Papio South in the okay. chat. <laughs> but um, 108th and 370 so, in Omaha. Yeah, yep. yeah. But um, and then one of our other assistant coaches is is uh, really um, involved as a football coach. Yeah. So I don't really uh, reach out to him, and I just you know I might. Send him an occasional email here and there to see bounce some ideas off him, but I mean he's busy with football and I'm respecting that. So and then our other assistant will come in and help us with our individual stuff, our open gym when we're breaking down groups of four and all that. But as far as uh, getting the staff ready, um, I'd like to be able to do more. Yeah. You know, once we get once we get some time, I'd like to 
really involve them a lot more and um, try to you know just give them parts of the program and have them own that particular piece of the program and share the ownership because really I just you know when you're a head coach you're just kind of a steward of the program for the time that you're there somebody else will coach at Papio South someday and so I'm just trying to do the best I can now and then hand the reins off to somebody else but just so that all of our kids all of our coaches feel like they have ownership in the in the program and what we're doing how about you Andy uh, I'm lucky and happy that the four guys that are with me this year were with me last year. Um, our reserve coach ended up getting out of teaching, but we had an ass a volunteer assistant um, in the building who just sl slides into that role. So um, they're fantastic. They're all in the district, which helps because, um, you know, obviously everyone can make practices and all those things. Um, right now, two, my assistant, my varsity assistant, and the reserve uh, head coach are in the building at Elkhorn North. Um, so they're with me in the mornings. They're with me after school at the weights. Uh, That's such a big yes, deal. it's super nice. And if you know, if one of us has to miss something, the other one or two will be there and cover it and trust each other. And they all they you know they can handle a workout just as if if I was there. If I wasn't there, so definitely lucky. Yeah, crowds get a little rowdy in here. <laughs> hey, we're a nightclub on Wednesday nights. <laughs> Apparently it's, you are. It's ladies' night here for G at uh, Line 121. <laughs> that, that wasn't me that said that. So no, I'm just teasing him. Uh, I'm just giving him a hard time. No, there's, there's the wine's flowing. Yeah. Uh, happy. How, how uh, you know, stuff like that and educating your coaches and, and bringing them in on the same page, is, it, it's so important. Uh, as you get into your early season, you know, we start thinking ahead, so we're going we're gonna to take this, you know, we're kind of taking this piece by piece by piece here tonight. Uh, you're, now we've hit November 14th or whatever the date is that we're getting going here. And, and I've always kind of divided up the season into three three portions here. You get, you've got that first month where it's kind of a mess. You've got the second month where you hope stuff starts coming together, and then you hope to hit your stride that third month and, and beyond. So, so what are what are going to be your priorities coming into your season as you come in? You know, you're you're thinking ahead, and, and I, I'm guessing nobody's got their first day practice schedule filled out yet. But thinking ahead to your team, what are going to be the two or three big priorities for your team coming into this year? And, and why why is it? Uh, Andy King, get us going here on this one. For us, um, we had our team camp early June. Uh, that was super important for us because we're actually changing some things that we do um, on both sides of the ball, really, this year, just based off who we have coming back and some of the younger new guys. So those three days we did that was super important. We went pretty, pretty hard. Um, so I think once we get going on the 14th, just – redoing pretty much those three days over again to start um, sort of the base offense things we want to do and some defensive things is going to be crucial and then you know like I said we got a lot of young guys and inexperienced guys so you know the the 10 or 12 or 13 guys that I think potentially could play varsity basketball which it's we want to battle and see who kind of takes takes shape and takes hold of those seven or eight spots that are really going to play um, and you know Last year we had everybody back, so we kind of knew the rotations. So I think figuring out those rotations is what we'll look for right away. What are the key things you're looking for in that evaluation process? Because I know there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this going, that ah, sounds familiar. I kind of got 12, mm -hmm. 10 or 12 kids for seven or eight spots. Mm -hmm. So as you're looking at your team, mm -hmm. what are the intangibles that's going to divide, you know, going to get you down to seven or eight, starting from 10 to 12? When I think about our guys, I think a lot of them do, like, one thing really, really well, whether if they're great – 
uh, ball handlers or they're great driving or they're a really good shooter. So hopefully getting seven or eight guys that can do multiple things really well um, is kind of what we're looking for because then that'll just be that much better for us and harder to guard. Yeah. As Belichick says, the more you can do, the more you can do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Gene? What, what's, uh, what's going to be your priorities early on this year and, and, and how are you going to evaluate that? Well, a couple things come to mind right away and one would be uh, we're going to have to develop a point guard. And so um, we had um, someone who is going to graduate early and start college a little early. So uh, that's a void that we're going to have to fill. And there, there's a, two or three different folks that we have that might be able to, you know, are going to have to be able to step into that role. So my job as a coach is to help develop them and then try to get them uh, freed up a little bit, you know, and get them comfortable in that role. Because truth be told, I've been very spoiled the past however many years. Um, probably the last seven or eight years I've been at, at Papio South. We've had a really good point guard, and I've been very, very fortunate there. And we'll have a good one this year. It's just uh, we don't have a natural point guard like gotcha. we've had. And so it'll just be um, trying to acclimate, just like all of us acclimate. Every team you have, every every team you have is a new team. And so, um, and then the other thing for us is that we're going to be playing with a shot clock. And so, is it 30 or 35? Um, so, 35. Okay. And so, um, just making sure, I don't know how much it'll change what we do as far as, you know, the offense and this and that, it's, you know, like shot clock violations per se, because uh, we, we, we let it go, we let it fly. So, but, but some of the things that, you know, just thinking about with that is like, situational basketball when you foul at the end of the games um you know making sure that we're sound with like baseline and sideline out of bounds like if somebody tips the ball out of bounds and there's three seconds on the shot clock well you can't just get it in and get your stuff you got to look to score um you know just so just making sure that um our kids are, are comfortable with um, the shot clock tk how about you well, we're in a situation, 90% of our scoring and rebounding is back. We're very experienced. Uh, the kid that we lost in graduation has been replaced by a better player coming from Florida. So we got so a good have We have a really have good, we have good, we have a really good yeah. situation, except yeah. for that every one of them thinks they're the man. Every one of them wants to shoot it. So it's roll buy-in, and we're going to be harping on them as to what sharing the ball and doing those. It's less about schematics with us and more about buy-in um, and then as Andy can Andy King can contest we're a putrid defensive team the last two years so we're going to be doing a lot and we're changing some of what we do and how we do it and how we teach it again that's kind of the new the new assistants influences and the younger younger coaches influences on me um, and then uh, again trying to define some transition roles and where people should be and and committing to getting there. So again, we're not a group that teaches a lot of sets plays, and we're not gonna. We're just gonna go and try to, and again, teach kids what we think their role is, and try to be the best player in that role, and uh, just keep harping on defensive things, and probably spend 60, 70 percent of our time in the preseason defending and pressing, and and just trying to be uh, put our athletes in positions to be good athletes. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, Strip the house down to the studs. 
I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. We're, we're you know, year three for, for my program. And we've got more kids out than we have. We'll have somewhere between 19 and 21 kids out. So love to get to that 20 mark and let's run two sides because because one of the things that we haven't been able to do is we've had kids you know we just haven't been able to develop our younger players the way that we like and and we're going to spend a a lot of time just we're we want to run a lot more than we have the last couple of years you know we, we we feel like we have some depth built up now even our kids that are returners, uh, they have some what we, what we call institutional knowledge. Okay, I know that when, when I'm on the ball, I'm supposed to defend the ball like this. When I'm off the ball, I'm supposed to be here. So now it's, let's pick up the pace. Let's play faster. Let's pressure it more. Let's attack it a little bit more. We should have some more depth. We should have some more athleticism than what we've had uh, you know, last year. And, and so, but there's still going to be growing pains with that. And so the big emphasis, and I, and I told the girls this this summer, I'm going to run the holy, you know what, out of it. But you got to under, and, and this summer, I, I would tell them, I don't care if it's the fourth game of our team camp today, we're going to press and we're going to fly around because you have to learn how to, you have to overcome the mental part of being tired. And we have to have, uh, you know, Kruger and I did the, the Loyola Marymount uh, for the film room last week. And, you know, kind of that attitude of we're just going to be in better shape than you. We're going to run more than you. And, and at some point, we're just going to win the mental game and we're going to break you is, is kind of the, the thought process with it. Um, and so that's going to be one of our biggest emphasis this year is, is, is having that attitude and pushing that mentality of you're going to do more than what you think you're capable of doing. And, and that's going to be a big emphasis for us those first few weeks of the season. And it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. Don't come into our gym because you might get concussed by the basketballs flying around. But the only way you learn how to play fast is by playing fast. And so we're going to go through, we're going to go through those growing pains and win, lose, or draw. We're going to, we're going to find a way to figure it out. It's, it's, that's the plan. Yeah. Now, now talk to me the first week of December, and I might say something different. But no, we're going we're to stay with it. Uh, anything else on that topic? Guys? Uh, a lot of good ideas. A lot of good ideas. We're good? Um, Tom, how much more time you got here? I know, you, I know you've got to be the oh, CEO time. of Boys Town Basketball. No, I got time. So, all right. Uh, this one doesn't affect you as much, but just youth programs. I, I know we're, we're getting ours going here. Uh, we're going to have a big coaches meeting here in a few weeks, and, and I'm going to go through some uh, advisory stuff, I guess, with, with our with our coaches. Uh, I'm not here to micromanage. What I'm here is to talk about is here's what I know. I do this every day. Uh, you're an accountant every day. You're you're a, you know you do your job every day. You run your business every day. You're an expert. I do this every day. Let me help you 
in this in your part-time role here. And I know that's one of the big things we're going to do here in year three. You know, first year was about the high school program. Second year, we kind of dipped into the height the, to the junior high a little bit. Third year, now we really want to really get that that youth program going, having all the salmon swim in the same direction here. And, and so, you know, gee, why don't you lead on this one here, talking about your youth, your youth stuff, and and as we're getting that stuff and you're going to start youth practices here probably in the next few weeks with your feeder teams what are some things that you're going to be emphasizing or what do you do within your program to get everybody going in the same direction well um first of all we have um our young people third through eighth grade there's probably a three-hour block in the gym every sunday where they come in and do some skills skill work and i just drop in every once in a while and just Try to get to know the kids and the coaches a little bit. I don't have any input there. Um, I've given them some, you know, like I've, we've we've done a couple of like coaching clinics type type of deal, and we get pretty good. You know, like most of the coaches go to them, and uh, our high school kids will come up and kind of show them some things, and you know, <clears throat> but um, just like you said, it's more of an advisory role. Sometimes they want me to be more involved. Uh, with that stuff and sometimes I don't want to overstep my bounds and just you know because they're volunteering and so just because I understand something doesn't you know or teach it a certain way doesn't mean that they'll feel comfortable doing that they got to teach what but I've given them like um, kind of some guidelines or like maybe a checklist and say okay by fifth grade here are some of the skills we'd like to see by sixth grade here are some of the skills we you know just so they have a little bit of guidance with that and uh, they put together, a, I mean, a pretty good curriculum, I think, um, to be able to guide the, the coaches through some of that stuff. So um, one thing that uh, there's been a difference of opinion on, and it led to a little bit of a fracture in our youth program, was the number of games that are played versus development. Um, and so some people wanted to play more, some people wanted to play less. Um, you know, where, where I, you know, like... I think that you got to provide opportunities for kids that they want to do it, um, you know. So it's just um, it's a constant. Um, Where'd you arrive? Flux. What'd you what'd you what'd you figure out? Well, we figured or have out. You, have you figured it out? Well, I mean, I I feel like that we play too many games in this country in general. You know, like you might play five games on Saturday and Sunday, and then practice for one day and usually I don't know it's like your guys's place but like at ours you may not get a full court because there's boys there's girls there's wrestling there's dance there's I mean there's a Parties thousand things going on yes, yes. so you might only practice once or twice a week and have a half court you know so you don't really have an opportunity to say all right here are the things we need to work on let's go correct them and let's play a game so I would rather us in a perfect world have three or four practices play one game three, you know but that's not realistic. So unless you um, go to Europe, and that's what I'm saying. Get like, out your you got that. You got yep. that European model. Yeah. But um, so, but we try to be. We try to be there. We try to give a little bit of guidance and uh, just support them. I try to get to I, myself and our assistant coaches. I try to say, hey, go to some games. I try to get our high school kids to go to games, make connections with those kids. Um, so that's what we try to do. Mm-hmm. Andy King. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like. You're in my situation or similar being in year three. Like year one was like, I got to worry about 
my own guys. Not to mention it was COVID year, so I was like, you couldn't really do things anyway. Um, right, right. Uh, last year, um, I tried to hit up some more uh, of our middle school uh, practices. I went to a couple in some of their games. Um, and I'm going to try to do that even in a bigger role this year. Not like you guys said, like, I'm not trying to tell them, like, to run these certain things, but um, I love what Coach G was saying, and, like, skill work's a big thing. Like, you can really run what you want, I don't, and they're going to run my stuff when they get to me anyway. Uh, but they got to be, if you can get them to pass and shoot and do all those things. But, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm that, my suggestion is, like, spend time doing that uh, more than anything at those levels. Um, but in year three, we're going to try to get really involved with our with our youth programs. Um, one, because I want to get to know the kids. Two, obviously in Elkhorn, like, we don't get outside kids. you got to live there to, to go there. So I'm trying to keep my kids in and build relationships with them. Um, and even doing things like we want to bring some of the younger, younger kids as ball boys to our games and just stuff like that just to get people excited. So. I'll say... Um from a not from a parent standpoint, because I had five girls, five daughters, all played, all played high school. It's a lot of money. I know, I hear you. That's why wine is so expensive here. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll give you, you know, two two opinions I've developed over twenty years of, of youth sport. Who coaches your kid is incredibly important from a parent standpoint. And what I mean by that is. Is the kid having a good experience? Are they learning a little bit? Are they having fun? Are they going to come back to the game? Um, I ruined my oldest child. She was a pretty good player. Ended up quitting the game before her senior year just burned out. So I coached the other four differently than I coached her, unfortunately. But who coaches that, that kid is important. How they're doing it. All that kind of stuff. And then the other thing is, um, from a, again, I have five daughters. Uh, watch their watch their uh, how much wear and tears on their body as they get a little bit older. They're not built the same as boys, um, so I think as a parent you got to manage that a little bit. From a boy's standpoint, um, I think you just got to put them in competitive situations. Make sure they're getting coached and, and and taught the right things. That's my two cents as a parent. Yeah, I, I think that you know we're going to talk to our coaches here in a few weeks and. You know, my whole thing is, and we're kind of like you, uh, at, you know, and, you know, G's kind of a little bit more in the Wild West that is Omaha, and, uh, you know, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, but, you know, we're in a closed district, and so my, kind of one of the reasons why I took the job is so I could, you know, okay, for better or worse, here's our... Here's our five kids in sixth grade that really like basketball. So here's who we got. Let's let's get them in. You know, I don't want to hate to say this word, but indoctrinated into what Coach Plum wants to do with four Calhoun girls basketball. And and so my my thing is uh, with, with our situation, if if we know who, you know, here's our six players in sixth grade, or here's our nine players in seventh grade, or whatever the number is, whatever your situation is, okay. Let's get by the time they come to high school. Let's have these skills kind of put into place, like G said. But then schematically, let's work with that a little bit. Of here's the three out of bounds plays that, regardless of what team we have, we're going to run. Now, if you want to master these three, if you want to put in four and five and six, if you got kids that are good enough to run six out of bounds plays, hats off to you because we have high school teams that can't run five or six out of bounds plays. But 
to, to have that, you know, here's these three. If you want to put in one of yours after they get these three down, great. But I want to see, when I come watch you play, especially the older they get, here's kind of what I want to see. Um, and it doesn't have to be perfect, but I want to see the attempt made. I want to, I want to see the, the, the intention of, I can see Becky trying to run our, what we call a zipper screen, and she's trying to set up Susie as she comes off that zipper screen. As long as they're trying that and they're working on that, uh, I think that's so important. Uh, how I'm kind of curious. How do you handle? How do you handle the the youth coach within your program that is worried about that fifth grade trophy, and they're only letting Jimmy and Joey touch the ball, and the other three kids are standing over there a knuckle and a half deep in their nostril? But you're going to win that fifth grade championship. How do you handle that? within your youth program. Gee, you, you kind of... Well, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things with us is that we have a bunch of different programs um, in our area. So, like, we'll have kids that are in 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th grade that are playing at multiple different programs. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, club, that, club organization. Yes, club, yeah, yeah. yeah, instead of, like, our youth junior Titan feeder yep. program. Some try to play both. And that's tough because they're on three different teams. You know, they might be on their middle school team, they might be junior Titans, and then they're out playing for a club. Yeah. And that's just too much. But, um, you know, I think what makes that tough sometimes is that when they get to you, they've all been taught so many different things, which is fine, you know, but then you got to try to figure out what works for them. But to answer your question, I remember a number of years ago going to watch a junior Titan game, and it was a fourth-grade game, and uh, – did, when you walked junior. in the gym, did the C's part like the? Like no, the no, no, okay, no. Right. Just no. Okay. They they wondered why I was there. Okay. Call right. security. Yeah. But um, but but our our team slapped on a uh, a box and one, and so, and then later on, we're very impressed with themselves on Twitter about you know we won this and that and so, you know that that was a little uncomfortable and so, um, and we're fortunate that we have. Um, a, our youth program is actually like a 503C and it's got like a board of directors and and so we have like a commissioner and yeah. so I can just go to that person and say hey we need to talk to these guys you know like this is not what we want to be doing we don't want to be representing in this fashion and it can be you know a coach that's hooting hollering going crazy you know but that was the only time where I kind of sat there and I was like what are we doing like really, what are we doing? Like this isn't this is not what we what we want to do. So, and you know, after discussing it and all that, it was resolved. It was fine, you know. But I, they're just trying to do. I feel like doing what they feel was best for the kids, even though it really probably wasn't. And you know, like we've all been there as coaches. I look back on some of the things I did when I was younger, and I'm embarrassed. And I need to. I, I would really like to apologize to a lot of girls. You know, but I thought I was doing what, what I thought was best, and I was wrong. And that's probably the same situation. I mean, as long as they're trying to do what they feel is best, I think that, you know, you can just kind of use it as a opportunity for growth and to learn and say, hey, this is why we're not doing this. And yeah. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. 
Videos are $10 a piece, with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin video library. As, as a father of a child who had a box and one thrown at him at the fourth grade level, it was like, it was pretty cool, but at the same time, I was like, okay, how, how, how desperate are we to win this fourth grade championship type? And you guys, you know, I know Tom knows my son Carter. I think, gee, you know, you know yep. Carter a little bit. He's a decent player. He's all right, you know, but I, I was watching that. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. I got to be out of it, you know. Uh, so, uh, TK, you know, you kind of got the dad perspective there, you know, and, 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 yeah. and your situation is different, but. I've coached, you know, enough youth uh, through school of hoops and from hand things. Um, it's it again, the experience that the kids have are going to drive them to being better players in the in the in their later on in their careers. And there's a lot of kids that have we all know of that were good athletes and left that they left the sport too early. Uh, and especially uh, again, my girls, my kids being girls, I name a lot of of really good girl athletes that I thought in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade that never saw the light of day as juniors and seniors. They went off to do something else. So again, I can't emphasize enough on development and enjoyment don't have to be mutually exclusive. I mean, they can be together. And and uh, if I had to go back 15 years again and start again, I would I would have heed that lesson a lot more than I did at that time. One of the... Uh, I'll get you in here, Andy, real quick, because you, you, you popped that in there. And, and one of the things, spoiler alert for any of my youth coaches that, that listen to this before our coaches meeting, but uh, one of the things I put in there is what do we really want? And, and I, I added a video into my presentation of the, the kid from our school last year that hit the three-pointer that beat Wahoo mm-hmm. with five seconds left to go, Austin Welcher mm-hmm. hit the three. So ultimately, this is what we want. This, this, is, this is the environment where we really, really want our kids to succeed. And so, yeah, I, I would love for you to win as much as you could at, at the fourth grade level and the fifth grade level. But winning at the fourth grade and fifth grade level and not having the opportunity to do this, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. We're robbing Peter to pay Paul here. And, and so that's, that's going to be kind of one of my emphasis is it's, it's all about building us up to the high school experience. And if we... If we give a little bit in the, in the with the youth, it'll help us out in the long term. So, sorry, Andy, I wanted to get that out there. No, I mean, I honestly haven't had to deal with that yet in our third year. Um, we obviously have like our middle or two middle school teams um, in our elementary schools, uh, but a lot of our we don't have a like a junior wolf program mm-hmm. yet. Um, a lot of our kids will play EAA, the Elkhorn Athletic Association, or obviously with clubs and things like that. Um, so I haven't directly dealt with that, but. You guys kind of hit it. Like, I think all the coaches, especially like the volunteers, like their intentions are good. Um, yes, we want them to win, uh, but as you just said, like it, it, there's a certain way to win that I would prefer over uh, others. Um, but it's like anything. Like, I would just feel like having a conversation with somebody, whether it's the coach or the commissioner or whoever, usually solves some of those issues pretty quick. How, how'd you put together your uh, commissioner pro or your 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 board? How'd you do that, G? Oh, I don't do that. I don't yeah. do that. That's How just the whole. That's just. Well, I mean, they there's people that way above me that it, it was just there. Uh-huh. And so, like the the commissioner, usually what happens is is the commissioner will serve as 
usually when as long as they would like and then when they feel like they're ready to give it up they're going to try to ask a couple of other people that are interested that have like fourth and fifth grade daughters that are going to be around for a while and we're very very fortunate i mean we we've had some great ones um since i've been there and we just have two new guys that are starting right now meeting with them next week and i think they're going to do a fantastic job and so um that's how all that stuff goes goes down there but tom's exactly right and i tell our youth coaches that if they have a poor experience there they will never play in high school yeah. You know, like they'll quit, they'll go find something else to do, especially around here yeah. where there's a million other things to do. And, and I tell them, your job's way more important than mine. And they kind of look at me and they're like, they don't believe it. But I believe that wholeheartedly. If they have a poor experience, they'll cash it in and we'll never see them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talk about with our summer camp, it's something that I tell our youth coaches, Let's, if, if we have 40 kids at our youth camp, uh, again, small school. Mm-hmm. But if we have 40 kids at our youth camp, what I tell my players, first thing I tell them is, your job, first of all, they want to be here around you. They don't want to be here around me. And if we have 40 kids here, my number one goal, I don't care about anything else except for getting 40 kids back again next year. Because the odds are, if 40 of them are here this year, 40 of them are here next year, in the 12 months in between camps, they've been doing basketball stuff, and, and the program will be as good as it can be, you know, and, and we want to cast that wide net as much as we possibly can, you know, so, again, especially in a small school, we can't be picky, we, we, we can't be picky, we, we, we've got a, we've got a, we've got a girl who's just coming out for the first time for our seventh grade team, and she's big, strong, athletic girl, but she's never really played basketball anymore, don't care. We, we need to try and develop this gal to, to see by the time she's a sophomore. It's the same with that. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, so. Um, we got time for one more, fellas? Sure. Yeah, all right, okay. Um, what do you want to talk about? I had, I had out of bounds with this, but anything you, I mean, well, this this is a cooperative learning experience here at the <laughs> Roundtable. Well, since we're not on TV, can't draw something up so I was going to give you a couple of things we talk about because um, we change ours up weekly monthly yearly I mean it's just as whoever we're trying to get the ball to sometimes there's no structure to it at all we just let the kids try to get open but two things we do talk about and I'm gonna lead this into a fun to a story um, I'm stunned that you have screening, a story at the end of this first thing is is screening a body you know we want to force we want to force switches uh, teams will t- typically mess that up at least once or twice a game if you can screen by. So uh, G and I have been coaching in the summer sometime, a um, couple of years, and he's on me all the time. Just run screen the screener. Just run screen the screener. Yeah. I'm like, that's a fourth grade play. We're doing, G- no, I'm not putting this in. And I'm fighting him. I'm fighting him. This goes on. This is a b- battle. I'm stubborn, whatever. So we get into this tournament. And we make, I'm not going to get into the whole story, but we get into, we make a great big comeback. Ultimately, it's our ball, probably seven seconds left on the baseline, call timeout. G hands me the board and looks at me, and I'm like, no, we're not going to run this stuff. And the girls are looking up, and so, you know, time's a wasting. And I finally just draw up a box set, screen the screener. You know, every you know everybody's run it. Are you tied? Uh, I think we might have been down one, maybe or tied or something like that. And sure enough, we get a freaking layup. We get a, a bounce pass layup, 
and he's just looking at me. Uh, the girls are jumping around, and he's giving me, I told you so, I told you so. Well, but anyway. Saying, I would have paid the bottom, AAU I never said price of admission, but, but, but which the, is more than what I paid in my son's to, tuition today, to yeah. see that look. To, to to the credit of the high school coach, or whoever taught the girl that was screening, she set a great screen, forced a switch, girls messed it up in a, in a moment of, of uh, pressure, and so on and so forth. So we talked to our guys, screen a body. I don't care, just go screen somebody. The other thing we talk about is hard cuts and timing. So we run a lot of things where we're just trying to create space for a good shooter to pop to, um, timing those cuts, cutting hard. For your teammate, you're not necessarily cutting hard to get yourself the ball. Um, those are kind of two theories and, and principles that we talk to our guys about, regardless if you're running one for low, one for high, box, triangle on the side, box on the side, triangle, whatever you're running. Yeah. So best, that's my two cents. Best best drill I've ever ran when it comes to screening. Three on three or four on four. Offense has to make five passes with no tips. And every time they catch, they gotta square up. If they don't square up, it's a turnover. Okay. So three on three, four on four, five five passes. You gotta you gotta run five passes without a turnover or a tip, and the defense can't switch. The defense can't switch. And you would be amazed how quickly your screening, how, how much better your your screening becomes. And and. and and the defense knows they don't even have to get a steal. They just got to get a hand on the ball. Somewhere. And you limit the offense. Offense gets one dribble per touch. Offense gets one dribble per touch. And and that that's in, uh, in basketball in general, it's a lost art. It's a lost art. All these individual workouts, these kids, you none of them do screening. You know, none of them do how to really screen. Why you screen? How you screen? When you screen? It's just a it's just a lost art in how to do it. That's just me. again. I'm on a soapbox. Well, I I, uh, I I read a book on basketball analytics, mm-hmm. and I forget the name of it. I, I did a I did a podcast on it. It's in the book club club section of it. You did a podcast on it? I'm I, shocked. <laughs> I'm gonna run up a heck of a bill on you tonight, Crable. Uh, but uh, you know, we we spend so much. You're talking about individual, and I'm not yeah. saying that individual trainers and individuals mm-hmm. still develop. No, there's it, a place. It, it, there, there's a there's, there's a, a place, place for that. Absolutely, yeah, so I don't absolutely. And and ultimately, the game comes down to difference makers. Our sport is the only sport that you're playing offense and defense the entire time, and uh, on every possession. You know, in football, you're playing half the game. In baseball, you get four at bats. You get one ninth of, of of the offensive possessions. Okay, so I understand that. But in the in the, the the analytics of it, seventy percent of the average player's touches you pass at the end of it. Not now again. Kevin Durant is a passing seventy percent of the time. I get that. You know, LeBron's not passing probably seventy percent. Maybe as he gets older, he is. I don't know. But we, you know, you're talking about if we're, if we're going to pass it seventy percent of the time, somebody's got to be open. How do they get open? You scream for them, or they cut. You know, and and I think that's 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 let, let's let's dive in, man. Let's talk about screening and cutting. Andy King, what do you got about screening? And cutting? Yeah, let's like, wrap on this hard, man. It's definitely lost art. Like a lot of ball screening is kind of the thing everybody does, but like down screens and flare screens, like kids don't know really how to do those anymore, or how to use them, or how to use them, how to make the right read on them. Um, it's just not in a lot of people's offenses because it's not in a lot of college and NBA offenses. So. Yeah, yeah. The the CBS continuity ball screen. Yeah, and a lot of kids like hate to get 
touched or like hit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay to blast somebody and set a great screen. Like I say, like if you set X screens in a game, like you should get called for probably one or two illegals. Like, otherwise, you're probably not setting them right. Yeah. Unless you're Jerome Skirtle running the old flex at Gretna, then you should have got called for 10 illegal screens a game. So, sorry, sorry, Jerome. I had to throw that one out there. There. G, screening and cutting. What do you got for us, man? Well, I would just say that if you want your kids to screen more, uh, reward them. And so, like, we wanted our kids to pass more. Um, so we started charting passes last year, and we, reward, we would reward that. We put a spreadsheet out after every game. Kids started to ask about it. Where's the passing chart? Where's the passing chart? And they saw on there that I think our number was, like, 4.5, somewhere in there. Like, if we made 4.5 or more passes of possession, it ended – with us getting fouled, it ended with a good shot, even if we didn't make it. Um, so, as far as I mean, we went to a lot of dribble drive with the team, the teams that we had. So well, I can't really speak yeah. to screening, but um, when we did, we we used to years ago we would run that um, the Wisconsin swing. So we that would that was a lot of screening, and so we would work on that. We do some silly stuff, look silly. We'd go one on zero. And just say this is you know just really walking through it and all that. So uh, if you want people to screen, just try to you know point it out and reward it. Yeah. The uh, for our team we have a we have awards that we give out at the end of the game at the end of every game, and our kids really look forward to it. Uh, best rebounder gets a Windex bottle. The Windex woman of the game clean up the glass, you know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote this down here. You guys can see it. Uh, best screener of the game. We're we're gonna we're gonna do that this year. I'm a I don't know, I'm going to find like a patch of screening or something like that. And, <laughs> and hey, whoever the best screener is for the game, here, here's, here's, your, here's your thing here. So uh, I, I, think that's, I think that's great. I, I love what we, what we wrapped up here on. Uh, anything else, fellas, that you want to talk about? We got time. The computer, the computer is fully charged. We got plenty of battery. I would just throw this out here with the baseline stuff is that about two years ago, we went to all of our baseline out of bounds plays are motion. We, we don't have one in. And we only had one five-second call in the past two years that I, you know, we've got one baseline. If we need a three, you know, we've got something that, but that'll change a little bit since we'll have a shot clock. But I would really encourage people to maybe at least think about having that in uh, because the kids just play free and, and they, they did a really good job, whether if it was man or zone. I mean, we talk to them if it's a zone. You screen the person in front of you, feel behind, and just kind of talk to them about that. But when it was just man to man we would just spread all five kids or four kids out and they just did their own thing and I can't tell you how many times we'd get a slip for a wide open layup do, do you have a, a set like you started a box or a four low or did you or well it depends it just... if we had a post kid in we would set them wherever they wanted to and just say turn around and go go find somebody and crush them well, he's got so we screen there we screen there yeah. but, then, but Otherwise, it, it would just be like four around the three-point line, mm-hmm. wherever, and they just did their own thing. And I was surprised how much, um, how many shots, because I was worried about, you know, like maybe giving up control a little bit. But um, once we got it, they, they loved it, and it's less things for them to remember and yeah. less things for me to get frustrated about. <laughs> how about you, Andy? Yeah, I actually love that because, like, all June, um, fall league, once they start playing that, obviously without me on the sideline, we don't run any baseline. We just I go get somebody open. And the only thing that 
I would yell at them for is when they throw the ball from the baseline to half court because then it's like no one did their job. Like you yeah. slipped the screen or you didn't set a good enough screen and nobody cut to the right spot. The ball should never go from you to half court because that's the one they intercept and go dunk. Um, so kind of like Coach G just said, like just getting them to play and learn when to screen, when to slip, um, how to screen. That's I think super valuable for, Some of that for sure. When you're right next to the basket, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. TK, anything there? Um, not really. Okay. <laughs> right. just, uh, hey. We we've uh, we've talked about screening and yeah. cutting, and um, it's just an exciting time. Yeah, getting getting ready. That's right. And, and you know what? We're gonna end on not really. I mean, the, 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 you know, this this is our leader of the Metro Basketball Coaches Association, That's right. and we are going to end on not really. So you know, I got a couple good Andy King stories, but I won't tell. Yeah, well, That's for, yeah, a a, for a different podcast. <laughs> statue, uh, statue That's of the limitation podcast. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there we go. So, uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I love the roundtable format. You know, we, we we tried to get in here a couple of times yep. earlier this summer, and it just It'll work out. Uh, G, TK, Andy, uh, thanks for being here. TK, thanks for hosting us. This is, you, you know how I feel. This is just a, such a perfect location for us. The, the acoustics, the whole situation, it's a great place. And, uh, you know, gentlemen, uh, obviously. Swing by, say pen and a napkin, get 20% off your bill. There you go. Oh, there you go. okay. Yeah, there it nice. is. Wow. Except for tonight. Uh, tonight doesn't count. Starts, I have, I that have starts kept... tomorrow. A pen and a napkin has become a coupon code. Oh, wow. Look at that. And and I see Ashley over here, and she is just shaking her head. She is like, Tom, at some point, I'd like to go on vacation. Quit giving away all the inventory. And we say, Tom, that's why we love Tom Crable. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. There we go. Right. No, no, again, no, in all seriousness, Tom, thanks for everything you do. Thanks for letting me host these here every once in a while. Would like to do it more often. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get in one or two more of these before the season starts. Uh, you know, so uh, Andy King, Elkhorn North, Boys Basketball, thanks so much for coming out tonight. Tom Crable, Boys Town, uh, G, uh, Papio South. Uh, guys, thanks so much for coming out tonight. Really appreciate it. So. Appreciate thanks, Marty. Yeah, so. Uh, Hope you've enjoyed Roundtable, whatever number this is. I forgot to look it up before we started. Uh, it's been a great night here at Wine 121. If you do get a chance, uh, and again, if you live in the Omaha Lincoln Council Bluffs area, uh, get out to those Metro Basketball Coaches Association clinics. They are they are a terrific opportunity to to learn, to network, and to just grow your game. As we say at, at a pen and a napkin, hashtag hone your craft. You can't hone your craft unless you're out there learning, folks. So so come out and 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 and. TK and, and G and, and everybody associated with the with the association work really, really hard to bring in the best speakers that they possibly can. Uh, so come out and support that. Wine 121, want to thank Tom and Ashley for having us here tonight. Uh, it's been a great night. Hope you folks have enjoyed what we've talked about here tonight. So coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.